Welcome, John, to the World XP Podcast. This is episode number 13. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's been a, been a while since we've talked to each other face-to-face. We've been messaging back and forth here and there, you know, when the Sixers are bad or when Miami is bad or when both are bad because, you know, over the last five to ten years, both teams have had some uh, rough patches, to say the least. But uh, here we are in the NBA Finals, and my Heat are not looking so good, but – it was kind of to be expected a little bit, I feel like. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, it has been a while. Uh, like you said, unfortunately, our teams are not in the best of situations in the NBA. Uh, but at least you're here in the finals, so congratulations. Yes, it'll be congratulations until we lose game five, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we'll be going home. Hey, but, there's a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the, last, the last two games um, – we made some matchup adjustments and some other things. Um, like we were talking about earlier, I watched the first two games and we got killed the first two games. So I stopped watching for game three and then we won. And so then game four, I was like, Oh, well, let me not watch again. Uh, but unfortunately the superstition didn't pan out in, in the way that the way that we would want. So since I didn't watch and you did, I know you, I think you caught the, the last sort of five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you saw? Do you think Miami still has a chance to, to pull out another game or so? Uh, it's it's very hard to see them pulling it out. Uh, I can see them winning another game, and I predicted that the Lakers would win in six games. But with LeBron James and Anthony Davis performing as they are, especially when Anthony Davis scores a 30-plus point it, 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 you can't beat them. It's almost impossible. Um, so if Tyler Hero can perform some magic while Goran's still out, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and Bam steps up, there's a chance. Yeah, that was one of the things that, that I was saying before the series. I was talking to, to one of my friends, and I said, for us to have a chance to win between Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, we need three big games between the two of them, like 30, some 30 plus point performances between the two of them. Um, and we haven't got it thus far. And here we are in, in a three, one hole, but I think it's kind of to been, it's kind of to be expected a little bit. I don't think anybody really expected Miami to, to even get here in the first place. So I've just had been, I just had a fun ride watching us through the bubble. The team is, I don't know if you've, if you've seen this as well, but the team kind of with Jimmy Butler, it kind of just meshes really well. Yeah, that's unfortunate for Sixers fans because <laughs> um, we were literally a shot away from making the Eastern Conference Finals last year before Pascal Siakam decided to hit this incredible three-pointer um, with Jimmy Butler guarding mm-hmm. him. Um, but I, I like Josh Richardson mm-hmm. and what we got in return. Um, I just hopefully he – continues to produce and can stay healthy. But as far as Jimmy Butler's role, he's showing this uh, revitalization of life and that he's this NBA all-star first team caliber guard that we knew him to be when he first started out in the NBA. Yeah. I think one of the weird things with where he came from Marquette is all of Marquette is such a tiny school, tiny Catholic school up in uh, Wisconsin. And 
Dwayne Wade's come out of there, Jay Crowder, Butler, Wesley Matthews. They've all been the same, like, two-guard or swingman type type player. Um, and it's weird. It's, it's a little bit weird for me. I don't know. You've obviously done way more research in the, in the sports uh, than I have. But is it is it kind of weird for you to see one tiny school continue to produce the same sort of, like, type of player? It, it, it can be weird. Um, it's funny you mentioned Marquette because that's where my younger sister goes. Really? But, and they just uh, – a draft prospect they got this year is Marcus Howard. Of mm-hmm. course, he's he tore up NCAA uh, for the past two years with scoring average of almost 40 points a game, which is insane. Yeah. But schools like Marquette or Davidson, where you got Steph Curry – and you just get these small schools and they produce such generational talents. It's, it's truly great. Yeah, definitely. I think I've both my, my aunt and uncle went to Marquette. And so when Dwayne Wade was coming out of the draft, uh, in 2003, I was like, wherever he goes, I'll like that team. Cause at the time the wizards were not good to say the least. Kwame Brown was, <laughs> that was he was still there. And I think, most people listening are familiar with the Stephen A. Smith Kwame Brown rant, which is still comedy gold. If you haven't seen it, please go YouTube it. You will be happy you mm-hmm. did. Um, but from the Sixers perspective, I know when we, when the trade for Jimmy Butler was made, one of the pieces that I wasn't, that I was a little bit sad to part with was Josh Richardson. Um, I've not paid much attention to him since he's gone to Philadelphia, but how's, how's he been uh, so far for you guys? He's been a good fit. Um, he can really defend. That's what he's most known for. Um, and we were a solid defensive team. Where we struggled, though, was shooting. And I think where it really showed was that Al Horford uh, signing. Mm-hmm. Um, to spend almost $100 million and to have him serve as a bench player uh, really hurt the look of that acquisition and our team. So we needed to stay healthy. We were healthy entering the bubble, getting Mm -hmm. back into it. But then we were riddled again with injuries. We had Ben Simmons go down uh, during the still the regular season play. Mm -hmm. And then we had uh, Embiid. He was battling through injury injury constantly um, through the end. And then it just kind of all fell apart. Yeah. So they wanted a scapegoat, I, I believe, in um, Brett Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Elton Brand has to share that responsibility of blame because he's the one who's assembling the team. Sure. What was the thought process behind signing signing Al, For- Al Horford in the first place? Because I, I had looked at that, like, you guys already had Embiid. Maybe it's a veteran presence who knows how to win. I could see it from that perspective. But was that the thought process or was there other – other thoughts behind it as well? Well, I think um, first it was nice to steal him from the Celtics. Um, But I thought they were going to put him back where he started in the NBA at power forward. Um, Usually he's a traditional center Mm -hmm. and that's what he played in Boston um, most of the time. But I thought they were going to pair him alongside Embiid. And Horford's a decent shooter. He can hit mid to outside shots. And so I thought they were going to try and use him as a surprising three-point shooter uh, for a big man. 
uh, sort of like Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just couldn't do it. And so I, that was that was a problem. And so Embiid can hit threes, but he's more effective inside and drawing fouls. Yeah. Getting to the basket. He is a I don't I don't think there's anybody in the league that can guard him one on one in the post. Um but now looking forward, so Brett Brown is is gone. You mentioned the injury troubles. I know both of them have been injured fairly frequently. Uh both of them being Embiid and Simmons. Is there a is there a look to to trade one of them or move one of them or is Doc River are you guys going to wait until Doc Rivers kind of gets in and see what he wants to do or or what what have you been hearing from from your Twitter sphere other sources <laughs> Well what I've heard is well Doc Brown arrived in Philadelphia 2 days ago mm-hmm. Um he's looking to just use what he's got and he's pretty he's shown time after time with the countless playoff appearances that he can put together a winning team with what he's got. Um, but that doesn't mean they won't trade one of, one of them. Um, Simmons for a while now has not been able to develop a jump shot or a three point shot, which is a problem for point guards. Mm-hmm. And so we saw him move to power forward right before he got injured. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to see all that much of it. Um, we only saw one game. Um, so if anyone wants to move, I would I would likely see Simmons. Um, I would like him return a decent shooter. <laughs> um, be a Devin Booker, um, maybe a Victor Oladipo, or a Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who can really shoot the three, get a jump shot, and be that go-to person as Jimmy Butler was last year for us. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I think I heard on ESPN maybe that the Sixers were looking at, at Buddy Heald. Would that, would that likely be a one-for-one swap from Simmons for Heald, or what kind of package would, would they be looking at to get him? I would, I would likely see, um, it all depends on how big of a package they want to put together. Um, I know the Sixers might be tempted to send Horford away as well, but that's bad salary. So they'd have to package together Horford and Simmons plus some draft picks for Heald. That way they're dumping salary space and they're acquiring a young guard who can shoot. Mm-hmm. Is that the ideal scenario for you? As Like if you were in Elton Brand's position, what, what, what would you do if you're, you're Sixers GM and you're playing 2K or whatever. What's what what's the move that you make there? I I would be very tempted to discuss with Minnesota about that first overall pick. Um and try and acquire Anthony Edwards. I've also heard the Sixers are very high on uh LaMelo Ball. Now the ball family is quite a scene. Um, and Lonzo hasn't, he's been okay, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been that talent that we expected. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd be tempted to dra- uh, to trade to Minnesota for that pick. But I'm also, but if I were a GM, 
I'd probably package a one-for-one -one deal with Phoenix, who wants to dump Devin Booker, but gets someone else in return. And I think Ben Simmons could be that decent player that they look for. Is, is Booker looking for a way out? Um, not necessarily. I think he's, I think he's just looking for a change of scenery. Um, he's been in Phoenix for his entire career and they've been subpar. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that environment for a long time, it just becomes tiresome. It does for sure. At the end of the bubble, they looked pretty good though. They, they were the only undefeated team in the bubble. Do you think that was a fluke or can they continue that next season? Should, should the team stay together as, as currently constructed? Um, I think they have a chance, but I think it was more of a fluke because a lot of teams were looking to just stay healthy or stay in the position that they wanted to be in, be it a first seed, second seed, third, and so forth. And keep the matchups that were favorable to them moving into the playoffs. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So looking into, obviously the finals are, are still going on, but looking into this off season. So Anthony Edwards, you said, um, is he overseas currently as well? No, he he was at the University of Georgia. Um, he's a he was a freshman. Mm -hmm. um, he was the top rated prospect um, of the 2019 freshman class um, for college basketball, but. Um, he had a mediocre season, but he's got a lot of potential. And is that enough for for Minnesota to take the flyer on him at, at number one? Yes. Or is, is the draft class not that not that deep this year? Um, I don't think it's as deep as other years. Um, I think it's really lacking. Um, I think there's a lot of foreign players, um, overseas players that really have potential. Um, I know uh, this small forward out of Israel, uh, can't pronounce his name, but his first name's Denny, and uh, last name starts with an A, but he reminds me of Luka Doncic. He's that type of player. Um, maybe not as good as Doncic, because Doncic is incredible right now, mm -hmm. Yeah. but to have that style and sort of game that he does. I feel like that's fairly common coming out of coming out of Europe. Um, that's the sort of game that you can see the patterns there. Even even some even the ones who aren't as successful, like Rubio, for instance, they all have the that vision and, and the, the flair for a nice pass and, and that sort of thing. Um, have you put your? Because I know you do mock drafts on your sports blog. Have you put an NBA one up up yet, or not so much? Um, not really of recent. Um... I've been more focused uh, yesterday and today have been the NHL draft. So I've been focused on that, but um, I'm in the coming two weeks or so, I should be publishing another one uh, with comparisons and possibly like strengths, weaknesses, and a more expanded uh, analysis of it. Sure. Do you want to give us, do you have a top five in mind before we can we move over to hockey? Ooh, top five. Let me, let me pull up my big board. Um, James Wiseman's an interesting prospect for me because um, he bowed out out of Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, he had a little problem with um, – they thought he was taking money. 
NCAA violations. I remember hearing about right. that. Yeah. And so he's been this – he was the number one prospect entering the season, not Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. But now, since everyone's kind of out of the job or playing basketball, um, it's really interesting to see how these scouts critique, rank, because they don't have much to look on. Right. But as far as the top five, um, I still think Anthony Edwards is number one. Um, I think Golden State has the second pick. And I, I think they go Wiseman. I think they go with a a young Chris Bosh. He reminds me of. He's um, a four. Well, he's a cent- he was a center at Memphis, but mm-hmm. he's got this physicality and this, like, energy that Bosh used to have. Mm, okay. And then um, I think the Knicks are in there. <laughs> Poor Knicks. I think they finally, I mean, after years of taking point guards, why not another one? I think they take Lamelo. Um, that would be a that would be a fit, right? The the Ball family wants to be in, or they yeah. did anyways. We haven't heard much from them recently. No. Um, but putting them in New York would be another a recipe for Lavar Ball to uh, to show himself again. Mm-hmm. Um, at four, um, I see Obi Topin out of Dayton. I saw him uh, actually play. Uh, when I watched George Mason play Dayton last year, and he was incredible. He he took the game into his own hands and just uh, demolished Mason. <laughs> it was it was unfortunate for us, but um, he's a tremendous player. He reminds me of Tobias Harris mm-hmm. um, when Tobias Harris is on. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> Um, when you get postseason Tobias, not so much, but he reminds me of regular season Tobias. I mean, that's not that's not a bad pick for for anyone. No, and then the fifth person is where it really gets dicey um, because there are a lot of prospects. I think after that, kind of falls off a little bit. Oh, okay. And so you could see like an R.J. Hampton or a Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony didn't play much at U at uh, UNC. Mm-hmm. He only played a couple games, but when he did play, he was very reminiscent of, I'd say, John Wall. Mm. Um, that speed and, and power and explosiveness. Right. So mm. that would be my top five. Well, we'll see if it comes true at some point. Whenever whenever they hold the draft, probably virtually, I would I would think. Um, mm-hmm. when When is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be... I don't even know. In the next couple months or so? Or are they trying to get the regular season started soon, right? Were they going to try and do that? I believe they were going to try and do it in January, beginning of January. So that would put the draft in November sometime? November, yes. Hmm. So before we jump to NHL, you mentioned that the scouts don't have a lot to go on, obviously, because they haven't been playing. What what sorts of things – are they going to go off old tape? Are they going to do interviews or what, what sorts of things are they going to be looking for that would be uh, different in, in this sort of scenario? So uh, they'll be looking for um, a lot of personal videos that these athletes will be making. Um, 
a lot of athletes nowadays, prospects, they record themselves to show off their talent, um, be it at a football field, just running, um, doing various exercises like lifting mm -hmm. or um, in basketball uh, sake, um, it would be shooting hoops or playing one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so a lot of that. And then also they're going off of past footage where they actually see what they're doing in games and how they think, how they operate, how, whether they're good under pressure, not good. And finally, the last piece is the interviews, the one-on-one -on -one interviews. I think that's the real deciding factor of whether or not a player goes first or if they fall all the way to fifth because there's that trust that you have to develop between the athlete and the coach and the owner and the general manager. Definitely. That'll be a tricky one, I think, coming – I think we might see a lot of surprises um, when we look back maybe five years from now on, five or ten years from now on, who, who really shined out of this draft class. But it's one of the, one of the hard parts of being a, being a GM, I guess, is making sure you get your draft picks right. Yeah. Um, and you said – so the NHL draft was going on yes, yesterday and today, right? Correct. And so I've not been – so my family is a big hockey family. Um, me, not so much. I watch the Caps when they're on, and I know, like, who the teams are. Um, but when it comes to prospects, I'd imagine a lot of them come from overseas, uh, and college hockey is not as prevalent as it would be basketball or, or something else. And so the – so when they're drafting – like what what's been your take on on the on the differences i guess between like an nba draft versus a versus an nhl draft as far as scouting and then like when you evaluate prospects like when you do your mock drafts is it more difficult or kind of if you want to walk through that sort of process uh, so what i do when i compile my scouting reports and my uh mock drafts is i start an excel sheet and put in the player's info, and then I start watching footage and start reading reports. Um, I, I have to be careful of which reports I read because some people just put reports up and you have to make sure you get the right information. Um, but differences between the NBA and NHL. Um, well, the NBA has only two rounds while the NHL has seven. And so there's a lot more prospects in the NHL to pool from than there are the NBA. The NBA is very small with that small roster size. Mm -hmm. um, it's not harder to make it in either sport, but to make it on a small roster is very difficult. And so when I am looking at these prospects, um, I'm looking at whether or not they can fit, they can take that game to the next level, um, have they shown improvement? Like I have to constantly update the reports. Um, and that's what's difficult about, I would say hockey is because you don't get as much video footage right now mm -hmm. as you do NBA or, well, in this case, NCAA or high school mm -hmm. because there's just so many more prospects. 
and because of the restrictions right now. Yeah. Is it harder to get footage from overseas guys, even, even in normal, normal times, pre COVID times, is it harder to get that, that sort of footage from a guy who's playing in Russia or Sweden or, or somewhere like that? Surprisingly, it's not. I tend to usually find more footage on overseas prospects um, than here in the U.S., um, despite uh, popularity of basketball being mainly in the U.S., I'd say. Um, But aside from usually the top 10 or so prospects um, that are American, the overseas prospects have a lot of footage and a lot to give. Is that because they're already playing – are they already playing pro when they enter the draft? Uh, several of them are playing pro, and they're playing for club teams, um, like FIFA. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got, like, FC Barcelona. You've got a couple of Israeli uh, teams that are very strong, and same with Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but – that's for basketball, isn't it? Yeah. For so, hockey, for hockey though, are they playing pro already, or um, not the same? It's it's not quite the same. Um, you have a ton of leagues, a lot more hockey leagues than you do NBA. You have, I mean, the list goes on and on. But it's a lot of junior hockey, and mm-hmm. then uh, professional level. Um, so a lot of these players will play junior hockey leagues in foreign countries like the WHL, the OHL in mm-hmm. Canada before they transition to NCAA where they continue with those leagues and get drafted. Is and then they harder, make, is it harder to find footage for those guys, for the overseas hockey guys? Um, I would say no. <laughs> Again, it's harder for the Americans uh, well, this case, hockey's more popular in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot of Canadian footage. Um, and then also a lot of the talent for this year's draft class has been overseas. There were, I believe, only one American taken in the first round. Is that normal-ish? Um, it usually spikes. Um, usually there's about four to five Americans taken. So this first round, um, with the Caps, I don't even remember where they – where did they end up? 23rd. 23rd. They, so were, they, they were in the playoffs they, somewhere. But they traded up, yes. So they finished in the playoffs and they, they got their draft spot accordingly. And so they traded up, and who did they grab? Uh, they grabbed Hendricks Lapierre. Um, he plays center um, for a Canadian Hockey League, and he's a star athlete. Unfortunately, he's been sidelined for all until last week um, with uh, repetitive head and neck injuries um, that riddled him for about two years now. And so he's shown potential. Um, in his past two games, he scored uh, – three goals um, and six points, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But again, the unfortunate part and why he dropped on so many people's boards was because of that injury history. And so he couldn't get medically cleared um, by a lot of the teams. 
So is this one of those where the Caps kind of take a chance on him because they have Kuznetsov and they have some other good centers, and so if he develops into the that talent like you were talking about, then great, but otherwise that's okay? Uh, yeah, I think they're – I think they're in a unique position. Um, they still have a chance to really compete. Um, Ovechkin's getting old. Backstrom's getting old. Mm-hmm. So is Oshie, unfortunately, for them. But as this window is closing, they still have that chance, that opportunity to take a chance on a guy like Hendricks. So do you see – so I know Ovechkin, I don't think, I don't even know if he starts anymore. I know he comes off, off the bench and kind of does spot like power plays and, and things like that. But would you see for the Caps, the window, you'd say what, maybe another two years maybe? I would say uh, it it will really ultimately depend on how the goalie transition goes. Um, I would say two years uh, mm-hmm. regardless, but – they Braden Holpe's gone. Mm-hmm. That's obvious now um, because he's a free agent. So with Holpe gone, an all-star caliber goaltender, they've now got to send the to- or trade the torch, hand it off to uh, Ilya Samsonov, um, who doesn't who had a lot of experience last year mm-hmm. playing in net during the regular season, especially when Holpe was not doing great. Um, but he doesn't have any postseason history. He he only has about a year's worth of regular season uh, appearances, and now they've got to use him in net, and it's likely that they will sign Henry Lundqvist or King Lundqvist, um, but he's only got about a year left, and he's been a backup for the Rangers for about a year, year and a half. Right. Do you think uh, you said his name was Samsonov? Mm-hmm. Has he shown enough in those regular season games? Do you think that would at least keep the Caps in in enough games to keep them competitive? Yeah, um, definitely. They have a tremendous offensive uh, game to them. That even if Samsonov is a little off or a little bit worse than he was last season that they'll be able to make the playoffs and give a run for that top seed in the Atlantic. So for your flyers, so the caps say maybe one or two seed in the Atlantic division, are the flyers in the Atlantic as well or the Northeast one? They're in the Atlantic as well. So where would you put, where would you put them, their, their season's prospects moving forward in, in this season? Um, I would put them in good contention to, uh, again, make a run for the cup as they did this past year. They really surprised uh, a lot of people by sweeping the, uh, preliminary round of the playoffs, uh, the round Robin play, uh, beating Tampa, Washington, and Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were only one game behind Washington for the top spot in the Atlantic before the regular season ended. And so I think they have a young, <clears throat> excuse me, a young team and a lot of talent riding behind goalie Carter Hart and a captain Claude Giroux that they can 
we can give Tampa, Washington, Boston, any of those guys a run for their money. So we're looking at probably another competitive playoffs with the same sort of four or five, five teams sitting there at the East in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll see for me, hopefully it's the caps, even though you probably care more. So uh, maybe the flyers will, will pull it out this year. Um, so for, for baseball, which is your sort of forte, I would say, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. So for baseball, we are currently in the playoffs, the divisional round, I want to say. Uh, yes. So we've got, well, it's different because of COVID. You got this weird format now. What, yeah. what's the, what's the new format then? Uh, eight teams per league. Um, with the top two teams in each division making the playoffs with an additional two wild cards. So that would be – okay, so yeah, the eight, and then did, was it just a straight uh, top seed versus um, eight seed, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five? Uh, yep, and the first round was a best of three, mm-hmm. and this current round is a best of five. And then will the conference championship be best of seven? I believe so. And then the World Series also best of seven. So who do we have? Who do we have left right now? Let me take a. Well, I know I saw the Astros were left, probably because they're cheating again. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually seven-seven, at the end of the seventh inning. So, it's a little odd. So, real quickly, um, the Astros cheating thing for those people who are listening that don't know what the reference was that I just made. And I hardly even know, to be honest, because I just saw a couple of headlines here and there. Um, would you want to run us through kind of what happened there? So the Houston Astros shortly after losing the world series to the Washington nationals last year were found guilty uh, by major league baseball for stealing signs, uh, which is a violation of, uh, the rule book. And so during the 2017, 18 seasons, they were, uh, stealing signs from opposing teams by, uh, using cameras and recording that footage during games and relaying the message to each other during the game. So what, so is, is the, the bad part there, the, the recording? Because I think if you had, you had some players that would just notice the sign during the game and say, hey, is the, they made this sign, it's probably going to be a fastball because that's what it was last time. That's, that's okay, isn't it? It's just the, the recording part that made it the, the issue? Correct. Uh, it's it, the recording, being able to use that footage for that game and then future games really hurts the integrity and the message of baseball and how it's played. Baseball has always been defined as the nation's pastime. Um, Since the late 1800s, it's been a staple of America. And so to really see not only the Astros, but the Red Sox also get charged and found guilty of cheating. And then seeing both general managers and head coaches go down was really a terrible thing to see. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. For the league, I I know I would see that was the only thing about baseball that I saw for, for a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe this is just me not understanding, but do they not? So if they're able to, to use it for the next game, 
Are you talking about the next game in that, like, that three-game series or the next game later in the season? Because do they not change signs, like, in, in the middle of the season? Or how does that work typically? So teams will change signs constantly, um, especially with uh, certain opponents, um, like division rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you play a team frequently and you know them really well by using cameras and footage, um, it then loses the essence of an actual game because you have this unfair advantage. Sure. That's not, that's not a part of a sport that you want to be part of. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you say, cause I remember when we were growing up or little, it was kind of the end of the steroid era. Um, would you say that, is this kind of on par with that as far as a, a black mark on, on, on the game or, um, it's definitely, uh, tarnishing, uh, baseball. Um, like it was hard to see iconic players such as Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, Jose Canseco, uh, A-Rod, all these guys, uh, be found with traces of steroid. Um, but this is, I would argue worse um, because it's not an individual. It's a whole team that partook in such a terrible act. Yeah, that's fair. I could definitely see that. Like I said, I've not been, never been the biggest fan of baseball, not because I don't like it, just because I've been interested in other things. But um, <laughs> if that was, things like that have happened before in, in soccer, like match fixing, and that's a, big problem in kind of Central and South America and a little bit in, in Europe as well. Uh, Juventus in 2006, I think, got relegated and got fined because they were fixing matches. Um, and so it's been fairly, not constant, but it's mm-hmm. it's always around the soccer world. And definitely whenever I hear about that, I'm disappointed to, to say the least. But looking forward into the playoffs to get back to actual baseball and not scandals as I look up the scores once again. So do you have um, sort of a predictions of, of who you think is, is going to go through and then end up winning the world series or have you posted about that? I would, I would assume you, you have. So um, I posted uh, my predictions for the first round. Uh, it was not very successful. Um <laughs> And I did not post predictions for this next round, although I did, um, I did make predictions um, to a couple other people. Um, like the Braves, I said, would sweep the Marlins, and right now they're two games up in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought the Rays would beat the Yankees. Um, I really like what the Rays have shown this season. Uh, they remind me of uh, earlier raised team that made to, world, to the World Series, um, but unfortunately lost to the Phillies. Um, darn, darn I don't know how, how disappointing. Uh, um, <laughs> but that team was, uh, it was really looked over by a lot of people, but it was a very talented squad. Um, probably the most interesting series, the Padres and Dodgers. 
I, I'd love to see the Padres somehow pull it off, but I don't see anyone getting in the way of the Dodgers and winning in the World Series. Think the Dodgers are going to win it all? Yeah. So what goes into your predictions for for these? Because when you post, they're they're always so detailed. Is it kind of similar to your mock drafts, or how does that work? Yeah. So I I usually use um, the same formats. Um, like when I do my mock drafts or when I do my predictions, I'll use a same format. Uh, I'll state like, for instance, uh, the number of games in the series, um, how many games they'll win, um, maybe a player to watch. Um, and so that's what I usually use. I, I usually keep it short and to the point because mm. I find that people don't want to read through a long lengthy report because they don't have the time. Mm -hmm. They just want to see, okay, who are we getting in the draft? Who do they think we're going to get? And they like to get excited about that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. One thing I have noticed about your sort of predictions and mock drafts and, and those sort of things are they don't always follow ESPN or CBS sports or NBC sports or, or those sort of things. So obviously you're putting in a lot of your own research in, into that. Um, do you go do you go off what you see when you watch the games? Do you look up scouting reports? I know that um, some of the leagues have prospectus uh, big like giant prospectus books that come out at the beginning of every year with super detailed stats. Do you read those or how do you kind of go about go about doing that? So what I usually do is i'll I'll usually watch the footage first um, and get my own opinion. Um, oftentimes I'll watch it without any volume or with something else playing in the background mm -hmm. because you have announcers voicing over and while they may not try to be biased, they can be. Um, so I like to get my own feel for that player prospect. And then I follow it up by looking at additional reports, um, usually just through Google. Um, I don't usually buy it prospect book but um i'll look through different reports and i'll stick to sources that i find are reliable or scouts that have a good uh knack for it interesting that's good as probably takes up a lot a lot of time i would i would think mm -hmm. what is your favorite uh your favorite sort of predictions to compile um well any that have a philadelphia team winning um, but, uh, I would say I, I really look forward to the beginning of seasons, um, uh, making bold predictions way ahead of when the regular, or when the postseason actually comes and when a champion's crown, um, I like, I predicted Kansas city last year. So that was fun. Um, finally got to see Andy Reid win that Lombardi. Yeah, but, that's good for him. But I like making a bold statement and saying, hey, this team or this player is going to be good. Watch out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It probably gets that, that good, nice, warm, and fuzzy feeling inside when, when you're right. And it turns out yeah. you're right, definitely. So um, since baseball has been your, your forte – is that, did you grow up playing baseball or, or was your family baseball fans or 
how did you kind of get in get into that so i grew up playing baseball um my older sister played baseball first um before me just because she was older mm -hmm. but um started off in virginia beach playing t-ball for the dodgers um and then i just transitioned with the age groups um mm -hmm. but i started um my dad didn't really play baseball nobody in my even extended family really played baseball um it was mainly soccer and uh lacrosse and so when i started getting older um to coach pitch and then kid pitch i was getting really good mm -hmm. um i would play travel uh all stars for coach pitch and kid pitch and then uh we moved out to washington state and uh i again kept succeeding and improving and so i'd make all-star teams and i'd um to a point where i was getting looked at by like uh high school coaches so again that warm and fuzzy feeling uh but unfortunately i had to take a step away why why was that um unfortunately in 2007 the summer of 2007 um july 26 to be exact um i went to a red sox Mariners game in Seattle, a lovely day, uh, nice garlic fries and a cheesesteak. Um, <laughs> but on the way back home uh, on the ferry, uh, my mom noticed a rash on my skin and we made our way quickly to Bremerton Naval Hospital, about 15 minutes away from where I had lived. Mm -hmm. And random woman just out of nowhere walks, walks by and says, oh, that's petechiae. That's a rash commonly found on elderly patients um, or people with liver problems. And so they immediately uh, emergency vehicled me uh, 45 minutes away to Tacoma uh, Madigan Army Hospital. And uh, later that night, early morning, um, I was diagnosed with a liver disease called autoimmune hepatitis. What does that um, entail, kind of? What is, for people who have no idea what that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is probably a lot. Uh, so autoimmune hepatitis is this um, inflammation of the liver in which the liver attacks itself. Um, so when I got diagnosed, I, I didn't know what was going on. Um, what to do, mm -hmm. what, what my body was doing. I mean, I didn't have any medical knowledge. Um, I was told to just take these new pills um, and be careful. Um, so it was a little scary because I was just 11 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. and, and so being told that I had a liver disease, I felt like the world was crashing down on me. Sure. Um, but over the next several years, and even to this point, I've really learned that there's people with far worse and that deal with their own problems and situations that everyone's got to deal with in life. Yeah, definitely. That's a great outlook to have. Definitely going, going forward with, with something like that. I know so many people are dealing with, with so much, even just with 
just COVID now, people losing their jobs and, and all sorts of family family members being sick with, with COVID and, and other things like that. Um, there's definitely a great outlook to have. It probably keeps you keeps you positive, I would I would think. Oh, definitely. Um, and so then you ended up moving to Virginia, and it wasn't what two years after that. About so, so uh, while I was still in Washington, um, in 2009, I was diagnosed again with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. That's again, found- normally in elderly people, isn't it? Yep. So um, you just got very unlucky, I guess. Did is that yeah, is that the case? Yeah, I found my way into Benjamin Button's body. Um <laughs> but but I was diagnosed with that and um that's when I really was forced to take a step away and I had to stop is because uh, my bones and my cartilage were just deteriorating. And so I couldn't I couldn't run as fast as I once had. Um, my strength had started to go away and I was noticing subtly like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to compete. And I don't want to be on the bottom tier looking up. I want to be on the up end looking down. Yeah, of course. And so that was in Washington state. Um, and then about, a year and a half, two years later, I made my way out to uh, Fairfax, Virginia, where I spent two years there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, had a couple of medical stumbles, um, like uh, a couple seizures out of nowhere, of course. Um, but that's when, uh, again, two years later, I made my way where I am now, uh, Ashburn. So... Your first year at our high school was, was your first year senior year or was it junior? No, it was 10th grade. We had grade, English that's together. Right. <laughs> that's right. I, I remembered it was English. I didn't remember which, which year it was though. Yeah. I remember first meeting you and you were super into sports. Um, I think we got along quite well a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I remember we'd like play basketball at the gym, like during PE or whatever. And I could always tell that you wanted to play and people would try and convince you to play. I probably tried to convince you to play multiple times. And um, I think being high schoolers, we just didn't have an understanding of of what you were going through really. Yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. Um, I mean, it wasn't difficult at that point, uh, not until really senior year um, because I couldn't, I for some reason couldn't really move. Um, I didn't have the strength, didn't have the mm-hmm. capability, no matter how tr- hard I tried. Yeah. And so I, I had to, I had to move around in a wheelchair, which, and even my, uh, the second half of my first year at George Mason, I had to do the same thing, which was difficult because people look at you. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's difficult, but you, you learn how to really take it in and just deal with what you have. Definitely. So how, what is the sort of, um, are there treatments for these, for these things or are they kind of more just managing the pain or how does it, how does that kind of work for you? Cause obviously you're not in a wheelchair now. Last, last mm-hmm. we talked, even before we talked the other day, um, as we've been talking, I know you haven't been in a wheelchair for, for quite some time. So 
things are obviously a little bit better at least. Yeah. So um, I would say since uh, my second year um, at Mason or like four years ago, <laughs> yeah, I like to take the long route. Um, things have been better, especially this past year. Um, I've really upped up my strength and uh, started working out daily. Um, so that's really improved. And so as long as I keep moving, um, I'm good. That's good. Cause I, it, so when you, let's see, sophomore year of high school, you were moving around pretty well. I think from what I remember is, is that, yeah. is that true? And then it kind of went a little bit downhill as we went through high school. And obviously, like you mentioned, senior year, you're in the, the, the wheelchair. So when you went down into that, like downhill into that, was it because you weren't moving around as, as much as you could or did the, did the sicknesses kind of just take the turn that way or? Yeah. So, um, with my illnesses, there aren't really any long-term or there are long-term treatments, but there's no cure. Um, so for years we've been trying to perfect this like recipe for how much prednisone, how much of this medicine, how much. And so, um, it, it really just took a turn for the worse, um, mm -hmm. at a, again, at a left field, but it, it really made me think like, Hey, uh, what am I doing when I have this strength, when I have the capability to walk, to run, to use it, but also I've got to be, um, I got to know what my limits are. Sure. Has that been kind of a, a work in progress as well the last, the last few years? Yeah. <laughs> so what does a, a normal sort of workout for you look like? Um, so usually um, I'll stretch first mm -hmm. thing. Um, and then if it's a nice day, um, I'll just spend an hour and a half shooting hoops in my driveway if it's not nice and even when it is i'll usually um head down to my basement to uh to do some bench press and then um sometimes a couple days a week i'll run for a mile mm -hmm. and then um i usually finish up before i go to sleep i'll do um 50 to 100 uh, sit-ups Good. That's solid, man. That's solid. It keeps, keeps the muscles firing, keeps, yeah. keeps your body solid. I think with the, with the liver one being a immune, um, pro or immune disease, I guess, mm -hmm. is have, have you found it, um, with COVID? Are you kind of under like, Hey, I should definitely stay home all the time now just to be, just to be safe. Yeah. Um, I, it was difficult at, at first with COVID, well, at, at first, actually, it was, it was a sense of relief because I, um, I'm limited, but this was a time in which everyone was, mm -hmm. so it kind of evened out the playing field, but then after a while, it became hard because I hadn't, I hadn't gone further than my driveway, um, and meanwhile, my sister's, um, we're going out to get groceries. Um, 
about once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, hey, you're, you're getting to do these daily activities or these common activities in our daily lives that we once had. Um, but I wasn't understanding, hey, they're also risking their lives. Because yeah. every time you walk out and go to a public area or store, you can get uh, the virus. And mm. it, we all um, pretty much have immune or immune disorders. Um, your, your sisters do as well, you mean? Uh, all except for uh, my oldest sister um, and my mom. She, mm. she has a thyroid disease. And um, same with my uh, younger sister, Abby. And Katie's still trying to figure out her medical um, issues. One of your sisters just got engaged. Is that, is that right? Did I see that? Yeah, that's Megan. Well, congratulations to her. Oh, hopefully, thank you. Hopefully yeah. it turns out to be a fun, a fun wedding. Hopefully COVID has gone away by that, by that point. Fun Zoom wedding. Yeah, fun Zoom wedding. So... Are you kind of, uh, have you kind of figured out sort of a, a routine and where you're able to kind of get out and move around and, and not feel uh, threatened, I guess is, is the right word, by, by COVID? Uh, yeah, I've luckily been able um, to get out a little bit more um, because of the nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I've had a couple of medical visits um, at Bethesda. Um, and I have one, in fact, tomorrow and Friday. Um, but even though I'm going out, um, it's just nice to do something. Definitely. Yeah. I know I've been, I've been coaching some soccer and playing some, some soccer. Um, and I, without that, I would definitely be going insane for sure. Mm -hmm. If I was not going past my driveway, I would be, I don't even know. I mean, doing, doing the podcast also helps to get to talk to yeah. different, different sorts of people and, and reconnect with, with, with certain people. But um, yeah, it has been rough for everyone, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. so you're, hmm, let's see. So I know there's, there's not really a cure, but are the treatments you're getting, are they kind of just more management at, a little bit at this point? Yeah, so I've been managing it for pretty well now for the past two years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a yearly um, infusion of what's known as rituxan, and that helps my arthritis, which is my main issue. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, I was shooting hoops the other day, uh, two days ago for too long, and um, right after I finished, I, I felt like a pain in my back. Mm-hmm like I pulled something Um, but the rituxan once it kicks in um, it'll really help that's good so it's it's kind of is the situation you found yourself in is that kind of one of the reasons why you wanted to end up why you wanted to be a sports sports writer yeah Um, it was because I could connect with sports while being um, disabled. Mm-hmm. So moving forward a little bit, what's your, what's your kind of end, end game goal? If you, had to, if you had to pick a dream job, what would you be doing? Um, 
if I had a dream job, it would be probably covering uh, baseball mm. with Buster only or um, being a sideline analyst um, for games just to be there in person and to be able to travel at the same time would be fun. Definitely. I think your passion definitely shows in, in your blog. I think mo- people talk about sports all the time, like every bar conversation ever, at least somebody talks about yeah. sports, but I enjoy reading your, your blog or your posts on Facebook just because they're, they're so detailed. It makes me feel like I'm reading a, a legit, like not that you're not legit, but like a, a <laughs> yeah. big, a big name, like news outlet, um, with the detail that you put into it and the time that you put into it, uh, like watching all the footage, like, like you were talking about before. Um, and so is there, have you kind of figured out a way to, to break into that a little bit, or are you just, is the blog a way to break into that or how, how is, or do you have a plan? I guess I'm not, I'm not I'm rambling a little bit, but you kind of have a plan for, for how to get there. Um, well, I'm going to see where the wind takes me as many people, um, especially who will be re-entering the world and job field, Mm -hmm. um, market, um, over these next several months. But, um, I, I connected with, um, I've connected with several people in the past years, but where I really connected was with uh, my professor, Charlie Castlery. Um, former general manager of the Washington football team. Um, yeah. Um, but he, he was my professor this past summer. Um, really taught me a lot of insightful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he connected me with two other people. Um, one with the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. and then another with uh, George Mason Athletics. And so through them i i'm hoping to connect even more and spread that's good that's definitely a good start especially with the hawks so you know mm-hmm. like that world is so small once you're in just you're two phone calls away from like a mark cuban or a steve kerr or whoever before you know it because everybody seems to know everybody from from somewhere it's a real small it's a real small world soccer soccer is the same way some of the guys that that i coach with are like two phone calls away from like Ben Olsen, who's DC United's head coach. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately they have not had a great season, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, the sports world is super small. I feel like it's, it's difficult to break in, but once you make the right sort of connections, um, you're kind of not good, but almost mm-hmm. there's the connections are, I don't know if, have you found similar sort of, sort of things? Um, yeah, I found different connections over different sports. Um, like I posted on Instagram this one issue. I can't even remember it, but it was like Jerry Rice in a in a fried chicken commercial and how it was racially insensitive. And out of nowhere, he just messages me. Jerry Rice messaged you? Yeah. He comments on the photo and I'm like, what? I'm like clicking like, okay, is this really his profile? Um, (laughs) No, but he was like right on and he was like agreeing with me. So that was nice. Um, And so I get like that. And then at the same time, 
I've got like um, a couple years ago, I had I got my wish granted as a Make a Wish kid, um, and was GM of the Phillies for a day, where I met Ruben Amaro Jr. and got to shadow what he does. Well, what he did on a day to day level, and so that was I remember really that. Cool. You, you posted about that on uh, Facebook, I think, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing something about that. I I knew as soon when I saw that post, I was like, that was probably the happiest day. Yeah, it was one. So what what did he kind of get to? What what was that day like when when you did it? Because Make a Wish is through ESPN, um, and so. Do they do they get in contact with you and say like yeah we picked you and then and then kind of how does that work? So they send out um, what are called wish granters. Mm-hmm. So a doc a doctor referred me, um, and so after years they finally accepted it um, because it's they really it's a great charity, um, but at the same time there's tons of kids who deserve it. Sure. Um, but after years. Um, the wish granters reached out to me and were like, Hey, we're ready to grant a wish. And so that was cool. Um, and so I had to start thinking of ideas like, Hey, do I want to go to the Super Bowl? But as I thought of ideas, there's also, um, problems because like there's certain events where you can, can't get into, or for a certain amount of time. So like I'd wanted to go to the Super Bowl or be like sidelined to the uh, NBA all-star game. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't for like four years. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I can't do that <laughs> because by the time I do it, I'm t- over 21 and uh, that's their age limit. Right. Um, and so I decided, Hey, um, I really like the Phillies. Um, I really like, managing and putting together teams and so I was like GM so I was like I want to be the GM for a day and so they made it happen and it was a really cool experience um I got to see all the big boards in uh Mara Jr.'s office um at that time it was it was leading up to the draft Mm-hmm. Um, that's they probably were an exciting at, time for you yeah there were tons of names um, and then also I got to bring my sisters and my family so that was cool mm-hmm. um, and I got to choose out like which camera do you use do you use the kiss cam next do we use the <laughs> <laughs> do we use the 70s cam and so that was a unique experience when you were in the room with the draft board, had you had you already started doing your um, your blog by then? Um, yeah, so I had started my blog in 2014, and, and you went 16 or 17. It's all blur. <laughs> <laughs> so did but, you have? Did you recognize the names on the board? Were you like, hey, I know that guy. I've watch some of his games i recognize about two really um i wasn't i wasn't as big as i am into an uh analysis analyzing um and really doing draft profiles of every prospect Mm. because i was gonna say if you did that now 
you'd be like, hey, you should draft this guy because I know all about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're good. Um, that's awesome. That must have been a great day. Probably if I was in, if I had to do pick something like that, I would probably pick a, a similar sort of thing, except for soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then they finished off with the game, and then you got to pick the cameras and stuff. That's cool. You could probably have some funny experiences, funny stories to tell. Be like, hey, you should put the kiss cam here. Were you able to tell them where to put it or just which one? Yeah. You were? No, just which one. Nah, you could have found some, like, yeah. awkward-looking people and, like, put it there. No, I I, I mean, awkward kiss cams. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I think we've done almost an hour and, like, 20 minutes or so already. Um, where can we find your – sports blog at so uh just simply googling johnny sports blog um for johnny sports blog blogspot or johnny sports blog dot blogspot dot com sounds um, good is we'll, the full url sounds but, good we'll get um, that link in the description obviously um what kind of stuff should if people go visit your blog what kind of stuff should they expect to see there um mainly mock drafts um a few uh draft profiles or prospect profiles um uh every off season before training camp i do an nfl um who to watch for um as far as uh which players to watch for entering the training camp for every team um and then sometimes i'll put up something random be it predictions or a unique story that I find like for instance last night uh with the last pick of the draft um the doubt or it wasn't the Dallas Stars it was the San Jose Sharks I believe it was one of those two teams um the presenter signed the pick so that the pick's mother um could understand since she was deaf oh that's really cool Mm-hmm. That's that's a nice touch. Oh, speak. You mentioned NFL. We forgot about NFL. <laughs> Let's go into that just for a little bit. We won't have to talk about okay. the Eagles because you you promised that I wouldn't talk about them. But oh, that was just the Sixers. We're in first place <laughs> with a losing record, of course. And we play what, Pittsburgh. When Next. is it? Is it really? Yeah. Some fan I've been. The only thing I've, I remembered is that we weren't going to play the Titans because they had players test positive for COVID. But oh, that'll be a that'll be a good game. I'll <laughs> message you before and after, depending on how it goes. Uh, it's going to go your way. <laughs> we can we can only hope. So, what's your sort of? Um, have you done a, a playoff sort of prediction for for the NFL? Um. Well. With this whole um, world it is today, um, I still did make uh, predictions. Um, I predicted the Chiefs to repeat. Um, mm-hmm. I just really believe in Patrick Mahomes and this offense that they have with Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
it's just Travis Kelsey. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then they have this defensive line that's incredible. Um, D Ford, uh, Chris Jones. Yeah. And then they have the anchor with Tyron Matthew in the back. Yeah. It's a very solid lineup. They're a good group for sure. I wouldn't really bet against them. After watching the first four weeks, are you still you're still good with your pick? Yeah, I have them going to the Super Bowl and beating um, – I remember. I think it was the Saints. The Saints. Uh, they've not yeah. looked – they've had some shaky moments, haven't they? Yeah. And they actually have another hurricane coming in the way. Um, they do, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully everything turns out okay with that. We would not want to see a, a repeat of Katrina for sure. Yeah. But – the Packers have looked very good. Aaron Rodgers has looked. Uh, they drafted um, – oh, what was his name? Who did they draft? The quarterback that they drafted. Jordan Love out of Utah State. Yeah, they drafted him, and people were saying, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is old. He's done. Nope, not the case. No. He's looked probably – this is probably his one of his best starts to a season ever, I would think. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't doubt – I've never doubted Aaron Rodgers for a minute um, because – that man puts on a show every week, regardless of how many people he has or how little wide receivers the Packers draft. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. I think – was it two years ago? I think they started with, like, two running backs at wide receiver, I think, or something like that. I mean, they have a wide receiver at running back with Aaron Jones, essentially, but – It was, wasn't a couple of years ago. I think when Ty Montgomery was still there, they yeah. had – I don't he was, remember. He was wide receiver. He was listed. Yes, that 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 was the game. Uh they they've not done him a lot of favors. I mean, they've they've got some good pieces around him, but mm-hmm. is Jimmy Graham still there? Um I believe so. Um I think he's still there and then or is he at Chicago? I can't I don't can't remember. remember. I don't know, but Jimmy Graham was a good pickup for them if if he's still there. I think mm-hmm. um, I don't even know. So you are you still confident with your Saints pick? I mean, I'm gonna stick with it. Um, I think Drew Brees has a little bit of magic still left in his career, and but they have been getting a lot of injuries. Yeah, as many other teams like the Eagles. <laughs> You guys have a whole starting lineup injured. Yeah, our practice squad is our wide receiver core. Same with our offensive line. Um, no no you, problems. You, you might find the next the next big thing out of your practice squad. Maybe. Hopefully Tra- not. Hopefully not next week though. Hey, Travis Fulgham out of ODU pulled out a miraculous catch to win it. There you go. Oh, jeez. All right, you heard it here first. Chiefs to repeat over to Saints. John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for for your time. I appreciate it. Um, we'll thank get, you. We'll get the link to your sports blog. It's a Johnny Sports blog in the in the description, and um, and go visit his blog if you're interested in mock drafts or all things sports related. You heard it here first. Bye, everybody. <laughs>